this week, we turn our attention to turning the conversation into a more meaningful career discussion. Paula Jones-Hunt is joined by Veronica Millen, author and Open Door alumni, to discuss her new book, Career Agility. How do you remain in your career sweet spot as the world of work changes and evolves? That's the question that is answered in Veronica's book, and you can join us for this unique opportunity to find out the answer. Um, Yeah, my experience is predominantly in human resources, working in corporates, mainly large corporates, a couple of smaller corporates. So I did over a decade at uh, National Australia Bank. I did uh, nine and a half years at a gas and electricity company. I've worked in retail, um, human resources, property. And my particular passion in human resources is in the org development Um, side of things. So I found when I was coaching people leaders, when I was coaching individuals, when we would go through restructures, what I really loved and was good at was those career conversations. So I did a um, cert four and a diploma in coaching with Open Door Coaching back in the day um, and then got accredited with ICF as a PCC. Um, And yeah, my area for the last decade or so, I've been really focused on career coaching. So I worked for a large international organisation as a career coach um, and also have my own business um, where I occasionally do some career coaching as well because for me that's something I think we spend so much time at work and often we don't have the tools or skills um, to know how to navigate that. Uh, So that's what lights me up. I I really want people to enjoy what they do and um, if I can help facilitate that in some way as a career coach, that's, that's really important to me. Amazing. Thank you and welcome, Veronica. Um, you are correct. We are going to do an acknowledgement of country. So I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we meet today and their continuing connection to the land, waters and communities of Australia. And we pay our respects to them and their elders past, present and emerging. And for myself, I'm currently standing on Noongar land um, here in Western Australia and pay my respect to them. And for those people who are in other countries listening to the podcast, Um, I would also like to pay respect to the Indigenous people of the land of which you are standing on today as well. So we have the amazing Veronica and as you heard she has a really broad knowledge in this area and we want to really tap into some of that. So what we're going to look at today are some career thought starter questions. So if you're coaching someone and they don't necessarily have a career plan, what are some great questions you can use? Um, to get them started and also looking at what is your career sweet spot and how do you stay there so that might be for you as in in your role or it might actually also be um, for someone that you are coaching as always part of the um, part of our uh, webinar series is that we want to create community we want to create shared learning experience thought-provoking conversations um, and there are ICF CCEUs and there's a bit at the end where if you need those you can take a screenshot of them. Um, Veronica and I would love to get questions coming through or or, um, suggestions as to things that you have done so that we are really building our toolkit as we go along. So I guess Veronica if we start off with um, if you're working with someone who doesn't have a career plan where do you start? <laughs> that's a great question. Um, and I look, I, that's what I 
find is a lot of people don't have a career plan. Um, and I've often said to my husband that I think I've spent more time planning a renovation or planning an overseas holiday than I, than I have my own career. And um, I think it's because we don't know necessarily how to do that. So um, on the screen there, you can see a um, career action plan template. If anyone's listening back on the podcast and can't see the slides, feel free to send me a message on LinkedIn and I'm more than happy to, to share that career action plan with you. There's lots of different formats we can use, but I find this format really, really useful and have used it a lot in my career coaching. So often people don't know where to start um, and don't document these things. And, you know, we know that success is linked to action. You know, coaching can often be a conversation unless action's taken place. So what are the actions we're going to take? So it can help to document them. Um, and so for a lot of people, I find when I'm coaching around careers, sometimes the goal is to work out what the goal is. They don't even know what they want to achieve. So sometimes the short-term goal can be, what do I want to do? <laughs> and I often find uh, the VIA uh, tool, the Values in Action, it's a free online assessment that's scientifically valid and reliable, really useful to help people identify their character strengths so that in the short term they can enjoy what they're doing in their career while they determine what their longer term career goals are. So I highly recommend that if people haven't used that before, um, because there is a lot of science and research to show that if you're using your character strengths day to day at work, you are more engaged and happy. So people often reach out to a career coach because they're not 100% satisfied. So I think it's around in the short term, using your strengths so that you're in somewhat engaged and enjoying what you do while you determine what your longer term actions are. Um, and then, so then it's around working through with people, as, as all um, good coaches would, I'm sure, things like the GROW model. What is the goal? What is the reality? What are the options? What will you do? And this is just a really nice template to capture those and to say, are there any barriers or constraints? What resources do you have? Are there any additional considerations? When do you want to have that done by? So if you're coaching someone around their career or if you're coaching a people leader to have a career conversation, I know that um, in this series of um, webinars and podcasts, there's been a lot of focus because of the time of year. It's timely with annual performance appraisals to really think about, okay, I've reviewed my end of year performance appraisal. Now, what do I want to do with my development? And what do I want to do with my career? Um, hopefully, these tools and questions can give people as coaches, either for themselves, for individuals they're coaching, or for leaders they're coaching, some tips. So, thinking about the short-term goals, thinking about the longer-term goals, obviously using the GROW model, but then also thinking around asking them, can you think of any barriers or constraints? Can you think of any resources? Can you think of any additional considerations? And what's your due date? And I find just coming back to that at each career um, conversation or, or coaching career coaching conversation really useful as, a, as an action plan. Um, and I think sometimes people think um, career means I have to climb the corporate ladder. Mm. Um, and I've sometimes had people say to me, well, I don't really want a career. Mm. Um, because they've associated with I have to be a manager, I have to move to the yes. next step, I have to be growing and, you know, I have to take on more responsibility. If you're working mm. with someone and that you get that sort of a response, where do you take it from there? Such a great question, um, Paula. I 100% agree because 
I know in big corporates where we roll out these things and and one-on-one, people will say that to us a lot, you know, just because the corporate calendar says now it's time to have your performance appraisal and do your development discussion and have your career plan. Some people say, well, I don't want a career, as you say, they associate that with climbing the ladder. So I very much encourage people, as I said, to consider things like their character strengths and how much they're using them in their day-to-day work. How fulfilled are they? What's important to them? And it can change over time. So, you know, I have a series of exercises that I work through as I career coach people and it can change. When I first started my career, I was wanting to climb the corporate ladder. Now I have a daughter in primary school, as you and I were talking about earlier, and work-life balance and meaningful work is, is really important to me. So making a difference in people's lives. It's not about being more senior. So I think if people say that, it's around how satisfied are you in your current role? And if you are satisfied, what can you do to keep going with that? Because the world might change, the role might become redundant or automated and things like that. So what can you do to keep the role that you're in if you're really satisfied, keep being satisfied within that? And if you're not, what can you do to increase your satisfaction in your current role? So it doesn't have to be, yeah, gaining more seniority necessarily, but it's around finding the career sweet spot, which is different for different people and different at different points in our lives, and then maintaining that because the world can change. Um, And it might change if you have a different people leader or if the company's sold or if um, the role's automated and all those kinds of things. Thank you. I, I absolutely agree. It's about looking at you as a whole person, not just a you know, we have to step up the ladder because there are lots of people who, I, I agree, when I was younger, I, you know, wanted to be the director of HR for something right. um, and now I can't think of anything worse because yes. um, for me life has changed and I want to have a, I want to be um, involved in the kids' lives and I yes. and it is about what are, what are your strengths and what do you really want to play with. Yes. So if you've got someone, and, we'll, and I, we, we'll go through some of these questions with you, if you've got sure. someone and you're starting in that what are your short-term, long-term goals, what are some great questions that you can ask that really thought-provoke? Yeah, and um, as you said earlier, you know, I'd love to see anything in the chat where people have suggestions to share with the group as well, because I'm sure I'm not the only one (laughs) with ideas in this space. One of the questions I love asking people is if something was to change, so if your role was made redundant, or a recruiter rang you with your dream job, or uh, your manager was to change and you weren't to like it so much, what would you wish you'd done in terms of career planning? So if your job's made redundant tomorrow, or a recruiter rings you, as I said, Um, or your job's automated, whatever it is, what would you wish you'd have done? And then get people to brainstorm a list. So to give you some examples, when I've done that one-on-one coaching people, and sometimes we've done it in workshops as well, people will say anything and everything from, I wish I had an interview outfit. I wish I knew my remuneration worth in the market. I wish I had my referees up to date. I wish I had my LinkedIn and resume up to date. But also things like I wish my skills were more up to date. Um, I wish I, you know, um, was more clear on what I wanted to do with my um, next role, whatever, how to articulate my strengths and what I like doing and what I'm good at. So making that list can then frame up their action plan. Because if we wait um, and then these things happen and then we're not ready, we haven't really got a career action plan. So I find that a really useful question because, as you say, some people might say, well, I'm happy in my role now. 
great, but think the world might change. What can you do to keep your career action planning up to date so that if and when something happens, you're a bit more ready? And I find the people who have the greatest success put aside a bit of time each month or quarter into that career planning. And if they say, I don't know what I want to do, it's what would you wish you have done if suddenly things change? And then putting those in, in their diary. Um, another concept that um, I find really useful in career coaching is the career board of directors or support crew. So there's a really interesting Harvard Business Review article about the difference between mentors and sponsors. And they articulate that a mentor is someone, you know, it comes from mentor, the word mentoris, I think, or the name mentoris. And it's about teaching people, as coaches would know, you know, mentoring is about teaching, coaching is about asking open questions and, and letting people uncover things for themselves. So a lot of people have mentors in their career. They often don't have a sponsor. And the difference is a sponsor will go that extra mile. They will mention your name in meetings, put you forward for things, introduce you to people. So more than just give you advice as a mentor would, they would go that extra mile. So do you have mentors? Do you have a sponsor? Do you know the difference? Do they know what role they're playing? Or do you want to share that article with them and explain what you require from them? Do you have cheerleaders? Do you have a coach? Do you have people who give you feedback and tell you that's not really realistic? Or um, uh, you might need to do some study or I think you'd be great at that. So who is your board of directors or support crew in your career? Um, do you have people in those different roles? What roles do you need and what um, gaps do you have in that support crew? And that can also form part of the career action plan. If you've got a gap in there, who are you going, one of your actions might be to enrol someone in that, or you might want to fulfill that role for someone else. Some of the senior people I coach find that mentoring someone else, they get just as much out of it as, as their mentee does. Um, so thinking, getting people to think about, do they have a career board of directors? Are there any gaps? And, and what are they going to do as part of their career action planning to fill those gaps? I think this is a really important one too because most that we all know that jobs get filled not advertised. Mm -hmm. um, so knowing who your network is, knowing how to how to leverage that network when you need it, and yes, mm -hmm. knowing who your board of directors are and who you can go to and get, and make further connections that you might have is really important. And um, until you were just talking about it, then I hadn't really thought about it from that perspective. So. It's that it's the untapped, it's the unadvertised roles or the way you connect in with people differently, utilising the people that you have. That's so a great I think, point. I think that's a really great one. And I think Leanne's put in the comments. Can I put a link to the article? Yes, I'll I'll provide that. We absolutely, ab Leanne. Happy to do that. Absolutely do that. So. Um, this is coming back to what I mentioned earlier, how much time do you spend planning on your career? You know, of course, there's a correlation between how much effort we put into something and how um, the rewards. And if we don't want to put effort into it, that's fine. That's a choice. Um, but if we do want to manage in our career and as part of our career planning conversations, how much time are we spending on it? You know, most of us, myself included from time to time, have just let our career happen. And if you're happy with that, that's okay. Um, but if you want to be more intentional about that, 
as I said, some of the senior execs I coach are very intentional around putting time in their diary each month or each quarter to manage their career and have a career action plan. And, and of course, we need to be flexible. The world changes. We all know that, um, you know, things will change but and they can adjust their career plan accordingly. But it's really interesting to think about how much time do we actually spend on it if it's, if it's important to us and we want to enjoy the time we spend it at work because we do spend a lot of time at work. I think the latest research I saw said on average people spend a third of their life at work um, over their lifetime. Um, you know, for me, if I'm going to spend time away from my young daughter, I want to make sure that I enjoy it and most of the time it's not going to be perfect all the time and that I'm making a difference um, and helping people enjoy their lives too. So it, often that's a, it's a great question. Um, and then how much time have you spent on other activities that might be over, you know, over more quickly and um, less of, and, and have you spent more time on them? The retirement exercise, maybe put a yes in the chat or a no in the chat if you've heard of the retirement exercise before. Um, that's in terms of career coaching, um, the retirement exercise is one where you can ask people to either close their eyes in a session and actually think about it. You can do a bit of a visualisation exercise or you can get them to go away as homework and have a think about it, whatever you think suits your style and their style. More importantly, um, I suppose, meeting the coachee where they are and, and meeting their style, but getting them to think about, for example, their retirement um, function, who would be there, what would it be like? What would people be saying? Um, what would they have achieved? Um, and that can be a really good exercise for people. You know, obviously it's a very long-term thing and then we come back and ground into the current and go through things like grow or whatever it is to determine what the actions are. But getting people to really think about what do you want to have achieved in your career? Um, so has anyone used that one before? I find it really impactful. Um you're going to say I was just, just going to say we, um, we've we been thinking about, I think it's 20 years before I retire, um, if you go to the 65 years. And we started, my husband and I started looking at it from a financial perspective, yes. which I think then can link, you can use either yes. way, the financial into what does that mean from a career perspective or the career yes linked into that what does that mean from a financial perspective mm. and that's the thing I think you know as a society often people think of it from a financial perspective but not necessarily a career perspective so the Diversity Council of Australia did some research um, I think it's called Grey Matters and they found that the majority of people who are getting closer to retirement don't necessarily want to go from full-time work to, to no work they would like to transition with part-time work for example so you know it's having people think about those short medium and longer term goals and what would it look like for you? Would you would you be working full time now? Would it be a portfolio career? Would it be um, part time work? Would it be your own? You know, I do some work in corporate. I work for a corporate part time, and I have my own business part time. And for me, that's a really good um, balance. So I, I'm quite clear on what I what I'd like to do and and how I might get there. And it changes, and sometimes it doesn't work. But so, how clear are you on your career goals? Some people are very clear that they want to get to a certain level but they don't know how to get there. But most of the people I talk to don't know what they want to do. So um, what I find is, you know, I can help someone and it's more mentoring from 
but I can help someone write a good uh, resume that gets them through an applicant tracking system. I know the LinkedIn algorithm. I can help them do a LinkedIn profile. I know how to help someone prepare for a behavioural event interview. All of those things, you know, as HR practitioners, we know. But we can't help someone land that job, internal or external, if they don't even know what it is that job is. <laughs> um, and things are changing so quickly, you know, the things that um, we've both got daughters in grade six, the things that they'll be doing um, when they, you know, get, get into the workplace probably don't even exist yet. So it's it's helping them be, you know, th with their career agility. So it's finding their career sweet spot, but then maintaining it as the world of work changes. So are they clear on their short, medium and long-term goals and how often are they reassessing them and uh, updating them um, because I'm finding the majority of people I coach are not even clear what they want to do. <laughs> so it's yeah. simple things that what are you good at? What do you like doing? Um, what What is the market doing? And I've got a whole series of exercises that I work through with people. So, yeah, are you clear? clear? Sorry, go for it. Yeah, I was going to say, you talk about the career sweet spot. Can you tell us a little bit more about what that career sweet spot is? I sure, think absolutely. We've talked about some of these other questions as well. So do you have a brag list? What do you what do you what do you tell people that you've done? But yeah. tell us a little bit about this career sweet spot. Sure. So um, for me, the career sweet spot is the intersection of your skills, your interests and your needs. And then also wrapping around that the job market, because unless you've won Tats Lotto or you're independently wealthy in some way, um, you know, we need to make a living from that as well financially. So I, what I would, what I do and I find works well in career coaching um, and hopefully this will help other coaches as well on the line, whether they're coaching individuals or, or leaders who are having those career conversations, is starting with skills. So what skills does a person have? And often they can't think of any, but then if they work through the list of, you know, so people can be quite modest or, or overplay their skills. It's usually one or the other. So it's rare that it's right in the middle. Um, getting them to reflect on the roles they've had in the past and what skills they may have picked up from that and getting them to even ask others for feedback on that and thinking about those skills in the broader sense in terms of um, transferable skills because if they're not enjoying their current role they will have skills that they can use from that role to transfer and there are even online lists that you can use so if they draw a complete blank you can just google you know skills lists and, and get them to re review through a list of skills online and as I say you can ask them to, to get look back at performance appraisals that you've just covered in this in this series and ask them for feedback you know what did come out of your performance appraisals the things you did well and what are they interested in so we know that strengths from a positive psychology point of view is defined as where your skills and interests meet so I think that's really important so I can organize events I've got the skills to do it I hate doing it because I worry about everything that could go wrong so I'm quite good at it because I can get worried about everything that could go wrong. So I hate it because I'm worried about everything that could go wrong. So people say to me, you should organise events, you're great at it. No, I don't like it. <laughs> so just because you've got the skills doesn't mean you have the interest. So once you've unpacked what your skills are, what are your interests? And there are lots of different ways. I know um, I'm accredited in Myers-Briggs and I know as part of the CERT4 and, and diploma at Open Door, you know, we talk a bit about Myers-Briggs and preferences. So that's one way people can identify what their interests are. You can even do, I call it an archaeological dig, but you go through the roles that you've done in the past and as well as identifying what the skills were that you gained from that, what were the bits that you liked and what were the bits that you didn't like? And there's usually a pattern. I was saying to Natalie one time that a lady I career coached, she had done all kinds of things. She'd done 
PAEA type, um, as in personal assistant, executive assistant roles. She'd done travel agents. She'd done project management. Couldn't really find anything she liked. And she said to me, I don't know, there's no consistency. But when she looked through and did the archaeological dig, which was simply looking back at all the roles she'd done and what skills she'd picked up, there was a consistency in the interests. When she owned something end to end and she loved it. When she was micromanaged, she didn't like it. When she was part of a team, she loved it. So we started to pick up some consistent themes, which then meant when she was speaking to people, she could when they said, what are you looking for? And she's like, I don't know. She could say, well, what I'm good at and what I like is working as part of a team, but owning a discrete part of the project end to end. I like to have some autonomy. I don't like to be micromanaged. And they could say, oh, yes, consider this or don't, you know, whatever it is. So that really helped, one, for her to be clear, but two, so she could speak to managers and recruiters and be more clear. So the intersection between skills and interests is really important. And then the third and really another vitally important is the needs. So what are your values? As we were talking about before, is it career progression? It doesn't have to be. Is it work-life balance? Is it meaningful work? Would you work for a tobacco company, you know, or not? And there's no judgment or right or wrong. It's just being really clear. So for me, the career sweet spot is different for different people and different at different points in the same person's life. But it's the, so that's why it has to be agility. We have to keep agile as our lives change and as the world of work changes. But it's the intersection between what skills do you have? What are you good at? And what do you need um, whether it's financial or personal values or hours or work-life balance or location, any of those things, when you can find something that fits in the middle, then that's your career sweet spot. Um, honestly, there is so much in there, Veronica, with amazing <laughs> questions to ask people as you're going along to really understand right. what they want to do and where they want to be going. Um, so thank you so Thank you. It, oh, I think all the, all the questions, all the concepts, all the models, all the tools have been amazing. Um, I'm conscious of time and it always runs super fast. Um, if anybody has any questions they would like to specifically um, ask Veronica, Veronica, pop them in the chat. Now's your, now's your chance to do so. Um, and you've also written a book, Veronica. Can you tell us um, about the book and where we might be able to find it? Oh, yes, sure. So the book is called Career Agility and it was a passion project during lockdown because, uh, as I said, everybody was saying to me, I'm reassessing my life and I I'm not happy and I want to do things and what can I do, you know, and it's not about landing that job. It's around what even do I want to do? What is my career spot, sweet spot, or how do I do that? So that's, it's a passion project for me. Um, it's called Career Agility, and it's basically a workbook of exercises that people can use to go through what are the skills, um, what are the interests, what are your needs, and then how do you bring that together to your sweet spot? So that's the book. Um, you can use it for yourself. You can use it to coach others. My best friend gave it to her teenage daughter to help her try and work out in high school what she wants to do when she grows up. So it's it's it, my intention is to help people. So um, if you're interested, um, I've got a website, uh, veronicamillan.com, and you can purchase it on there. Um, or you can just connect with me on LinkedIn and I, um, and we can have a chat and I can send you a link to, to how you can purchase the book. It's available on veronicamillan.com in Australia and then on Amazon globally. Amazing. Thank you, Veronica. Pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Coaching Cafe podcast. You can watch the full video of this podcast on our website. I'll put a link in the show notes. 
We'll see you at the next Coaching Cafe.